0: Right, guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your Friday night Smackdown and aew rampage and Battle of the belts for post show right here on off the script I am JD from New York as always coming to you live from the OTS venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings now soon to be Saturday mornings wherever you may be smackdown man smackdown was it was great tonight smackdown man it hit all the right points it was awesome we got a lot to talk about in regards to what wwe's got going on Going into tomorrow night's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. It should be awesome. I can't wait for it. I'm legitimately excited for Extreme Rules tomorrow night. And what's the next chapter of WWE would look like? So if you guys heard uh, Dr. Disrespect Red Skies at the beginning of the show tonight while I was driving my way to the venue... Uh, it wasn't for SmackDown. Don't be alarmed. Don't be worried, okay? The, the, the song was for uh, Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Want to make sure that is very well known in the venue tonight. I absolutely love SmackDown tonight. The big thing that happened is the debut of Legado del Fantasma. We got Santos Escobar. Joaquin Wild and Cruz Del Toro on Friday night. I already have people asking me, J.D., who are they? It's not my fucking fault you don't know who they are. Santos is one of the best that WWE employs. Believe me. He's a handsome fellow, number one. Number two, the guy can wrestle his fucking ass off. Number three, them as a group is fantastic. Number four... They did have a female by the name of Electra Lopez. No more. No more. There were rumors going around as of early today in regards to changing up the act. Out is Electra Lopez, and in is Zelina Vega. She is back in the WWE, and apparently the plan is now Zelina Managing Legato Del Fantasma. Andrade probably is crying in the hard drive of Charlotte Flair as we speak because I don't know if it's waterproof. Is her hard drive waterproof, man? I know she's got that state-of-the-art uh, hard drive. Well, what does she got in NVIDIA? What is What do they got out of The 4080 or some shit like that, right? What do they got out? Right, the GX uh, 4080 they got? NVIDIA? What the fuck does she have, man? I don't know. I'm not computer savvy. I got a fucking of a computer right what a shit it's waterproof right yeah it's waterproof charlotte's waterproof okay andrade's crying corona in charlotte flair's hard drive it's unbelievable man unbelievable he wanted to get fired and there his act goes right to santos escobar who needs andrade when you got santos i don't believe you so this news was going around fightful I love how they put on their fucking select, reported during the summer, uh, Legado Del Fantasma, as if they were the only fucking ones that called. Give me a fucking break, Zap. Fightful reported that Legado Del Fantasma were set to debut, with this week it being revealed that they were ready for the SmackDown brand on the season premiere. PW Insider has reported that Legado Del Fantasma minus Electra Lopez have been spotted at the side of SmackDown. This was before the show, obviously. They were on the show attacking Hit Row. They also reported that Zelina Vega is slated for tonight's show, which she was, sporting her new blonde hair. FIFL can confirm that there was a heavy pitch and push to put Zelina Vega with Legato Del Fantasma, possibly in place of Electra Lopez, which was the case tonight. The group was a part of NXT in the black and gold. They were a big deal on 2.0 as well as Santos feuded with my boy Tony D'Angelo over there. Uh, This uh, obviously is a great change for Triple H and a great move for Friday Night SmackDown, man. I absolutely love this move. This is people getting together. To make ideas, the simplest of ideas, look like fucking brilliant moves, man. This is going to fit like a fucking glove, okay? Zelina Vega, listen. You know, I, I gotta be, I gotta be brutally honest with you, man. You know, anything I ever said about Zelina was creative and creative only. They don't understand that. The performers don't understand that. I mean, I had Alexa Bliss out here recently because some fucking (laughs) legitimately, (laughs) some fucking simp out there crying to Alexa Bliss, I don't believe you, JD, mentioned Alexa Bliss main event. This is what I got in my fucking DMs. This is what I got on my Twitter feed. I made fun of Alexa Bliss for the simple fact of, She sucks right now, and she's as ice-cold as Leonardo DiCaprio heading for a fucking iceberg, man. In the main event, why? Why? These people, these individuals, they they, they can't grasp that it is creative. The performer on the stand, someone like Alexa Bliss and Zelina Vega, they've zinged me on things in regards to their character and their direction, but they don't understand that it's all about the creative. I don't I don't fucking give a shit about any of these people and their personal lives. I care about what our audience is watching, and that is the show, okay? Zelina and Andrade El Idolo, when they were in NXT, the pairing was absolutely fucking brilliant, okay? You may not like Andrade, but she was absolutely brilliant fantastic in her role to get Andrade over. A little overdoing it with the interferences, but that's another topic for a different day. Vince killed the act. Why did Vince kill the act? Because it was an NXT act. It wasn't his. He wanted to put his own fucking seal of approval on it, and he fucking ruined the whole thing, knowing that Andrade couldn't speak English, and then Zelina really isn't all that good uh, on her own, that they were better together The whole fucking act got ruined, and they both individually got ruined, and they never recovered. WWE also, at that point, didn't really give a shit about the women's division, so they wanted Zelina to wrestle, and she didn't really do much, and really couldn't do much in fucking 90-second matches. They both went down with the ship, okay? But when Zelina was with Andrade, she was fantastic. Now she's going to be with Santos. This is going to be flashbacks to what she did with Andrade. And she's going to be able to wrestle. She's going to be able to wrestle. She's probably going to be involved. And it gives Legato an actual female performer that could go because Electra Lopez was not good in the ring. She was as green as fucking grass. So this move is absolutely brilliant. This is going to be fantastic. You guys don't know what you're getting with Legato Del Fantasma. You, you, you don't. Santos is great. He is the... Honestly, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, he he could be the next Eddie Guerrero. First of all, there's not going to be another Eddie Guerrero ever, okay? But when Rey Mysterio inevitably retires, and WWE wants that demographic, and they want that that luchador presence on the main roster, who do you think it's going to be? Legato. Who who do you think it's going to be? It's going to be Santos. This is fantastic. They're shaping luchador in WWE for the future when Ray retires and Dominic really isn't going to be all that good to really carry that flag himself. I will say this, when, when all is said and done, we need a Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar feud before Rey, Rey Mysterio retires. That's all I know. I'm mentioning that right now, now that he's on the main roster. But what you guys are getting on SmackDown, if you don't know about him or know who he is or who they are, clearly you know who Zelina is. Zelina is a great promo. So just by that alone, if you don't know who they are, the casual audience doesn't know who they are, Zelina is going to get them over. Zelina is a very well-spoken woman. So with her being paired with somebody and a group of guys that isn't really known to the casual audience, they will be over before you can even blink. This is a fantastic move. This is what I want. This is exactly what I had hoped And desired when Vince McMahon went away. Why aren't the simplest things being done? Here we are. Something so fucking simple. Something that is going to get the most value out of everybody. And it's happening right before our very eyes. Why did they attack Hit Row? Is another question that I got. Well, they attacked Hit Row because Santos and Legato were feuding with Hit Row in NXT before they imploded the fucking brand. And made it into the shithole that it is now with 2.0. It's still 2.0. Don't, don't get it you know twisted. It's, it's still 2.0 with a fucking white and gold logo. That's all it is. But they were feuding as, as two factions on the brand. They were feuding. And they're just continuing that. And this is a great move. This is a great move. Picking up the pieces where Triple H kind of left them. He's going to do it the right way now. He's going to do it on the main roster. I love everything about this move. This is fantastic. I can't wait to see what they do. And SmackDown, man. SmackDown. How different does SmackDown look now that we are out of the Vince McMahon era? These little changes. Just adding here, adding there. Calling up talent. Making sure that talent gets proper debuts. Everybody's on the fucking roster. Feeling right. Triple H has done nothing. What has he done? The show is drastically produced. You know, the, the, the show hasn't drastically changed and it is produced in the same way. He's only adding to the roster, which was the main thing that we needed to be fucking addressed. He added roster depth by doing nothing. Legato would have been on NXT until they gotten released. Now they're on the main roster and they add four talents to SmackDown, minus Zelina, right? Four talents now, including Zelina that is just going to do wonders for the roster. Great. I love everything about this. This is fucking brilliant. So kudos to whoever made this decision. I'm loving the simplicity of the creative decisions being made in WWE. The other thing that happened tonight was Bray Wyatt. I'm not going to harp too much on this because more than likely we're getting Bray Wyatt tomorrow at Extreme Rules. We got Triple H starting the show and on his microphone right in front of the hard camera, there was a QR code on his microphone, man, right in plain sight. I was too late fumbling with my fucking phone trying to get the camera working to get up to go in front of the TV and scan this shit to see what it was about. Thank God for social media. All we got was a 15 seconds video Of the three little pigs, the big bad wolf, and people obviously slowed this shit down to freeze frame it to a point where in this 15-second video with the three little pigs, you've seen a very quick flash of Huskis the Pig from Firefly Funhouse. Bray Wyatt is going to be, or at least the reveal, is going to be at Extreme Rules when he will actually show up. That remains to be seen. Will we see him tomorrow? Will we see him on Monday? Will we see him on Friday? We don't know. We don't know what he's going to be doing, if he's going to be involved with anybody. So it's really up in the air. But the reveal is going to be tomorrow night because everything leading up to this is Bray Wyatt. And then they gave you another video away from the QR code of a little white bunny, right, the white rabbit. And he's hopping around in his darkened forest And he comes across a purple X on the ground. X marks the spot. It's the same color X as the X that you see in Extreme in the Extreme Rules poster for the Extreme Rules logo. So he digs up the hole where X marks the spot. He jumps into Devil's Hole, which was something that was depicted in all these clues from Bray Wyatt. He jumps into the hole. He disappears. We see fire shoot out of the hole. We see this evil laugh, or hear this evil laugh rather. <laughs> and we see the fire emanate from the hole. And we see tomorrow night, the date for extreme rules, and then some other gibberish that I really didn't give a shit what it meant. Because at the end of the day, it's leading to Bright Wyatt coming back to WWE. So. We got the three little pigs with the 15-second video. All through that video, I forgot to mention, it said, let me in, 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 and it sped up throughout the 15 seconds. That's a Bray Wyatt thing. Bray Wyatt used to say, let me in. The Fiend used to say, let me in. It is what it is. Bray Wyatt's coming back. I think we got now 100% solid confirmation That Bray Wyatt is back in WWE. There's no more decoding. There's no more fucking uh, Dick Tracy's online. There's no more Columbo's and fucking sleuths out there. There's no more CSI going around on Twitter. It's Bray Wyatt. So get your rest, right? Get your rest. Make sure you guys got your fucking sparklers and your balloons and your fucking bottles of champagne and your uh, Twitter fingers ready for extreme rules. It's going to be a very important night. And I will be live tomorrow night at the end of it all right here on Off The Script. And we'll talk about what we see and how we feel at the end of Extreme Rules right here on OTS. The main event for SmackDown tonight was Gunther versus Sheamus for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This is what WWE built this show around. It was not better than their first match. Not even close to their first match at Clash of the Castle. Not to say that what they did was bad. But you can not have a better match. The fans watching at home cannot really sit there and say, yeah, this match was better than what we saw at Clash the Castle. When there are two extended commercial breaks in the middle of the match, it just sucks you out of everything that's going on. They had a very good match. I wouldn't say it was great. They had a very good match. Physical, everything you would expect from Gunther and Sheamus. We got Brawling Brutes out there. We got Imperium out there. It was a big deal. And they built towards the match tomorrow night, the Brook match, that all six guys will have at Extreme Rules, which I'm very much looking forward to. The ending. The ending was a little fucking weird. I, I don't know what WWE's logic was, but it honestly left a bad taste in everybody's mouth watching at home and watching in that arena. Because they did something That gave you the impression that Sheamus absolutely 100% should have won the match. And it left you feeling that if Sheamus doesn't win this fucking match, he's going to end up getting fucking screwed. Right? What happened was, Gunther was in the Texas Cloverleaf. And he was within distance to the rope. So they did the spot where... Sheamus had applied the Texas Cloverleaf within arm's reach, and the struggle for Gunther was going to be the story in that sequence to reach the rope and grab the bottom rope and stop the hold and issue the referee's five count, right? What he did on his way to grabbing the rope is that he banged the mat, signaling that he would tap out. Everybody thought that Gunther tapped out, I thought Gunther tapped out. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? All of a sudden, the match didn't end. The fans thought that Gunther tapped out. Sheamus was like, he tapped out. Jessica Carr was the official. Referee's discretion is what they said it was. Gunther ends up winning the match because of bullshit shenanigans from Imperium where he grabbed the shillelagh from Fabian Eichner, I believe, and Gunther jammed the shillelagh into Sheamus' throat. One, two, three, and that was pretty much it. Gunther retains the Intercontinental title. Good match. I don't know what they were going for with that finish. Now, was this planned by design? Very well could be to get to a third and final match. I wouldn't be surprised if it was all planned. But there had to be a different way to get us to a third match. A totally different way. Instead of doing something that was as clear as day, a fucking tap out. And then crown Gunther, still the Intercontinental Champion. And I get what people are going to say. I get it. Believe me, man. I watched way too many UFC fights, and I've watched a lot of pro wrestling in my day. I know that that is a motion that someone does. Gunther, basically, the way that they're going to play it off and the way that the fan, some of the fans are interpreting it as, he was banging the mat to give himself and pump himself up to get to the rope. But to me, that's a lack of judgment in that because this is not UFC. This is not, uh, you know, these are casual people watching the show. They only know one thing and one thing only. You you doing that signals a tap out. So when the match didn't end, people were like, Where, where's the end of the match? Where is the end of the match? I don't know. Gunther wins. He retained the, the Intercontinental title tonight. And we are looking at basically the Sheamus screwjob here tonight with a third and final match, Lumen. Now, I don't know where they do this match. I don't know how soon we get this match after tonight. But we got one match at Clash. We got one match tonight for the season premiere. When do we do the next match? Crown Jewel is coming up. Do we do it at Crown Jewel? Obviously, we have the Brook match first at the Rules. Then we have Crown Jewel. Then we have Survivor Series. What are we doing? The next time we see a Sheamus versus Gunther match may not be until after Survivor Series. The fact that WWE is giving us a third and final match, hopefully, so well before WrestleMania is a little concerning. Because Gunther right now has beaten Sheamus twice. I think we ride that out as long as we can and have Sheamus build himself back up here and we wait till WrestleMania. If it's possible, it's three taps for a tap out. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people looked at that and said, hey, it's uh, a tap out. You know, good luck telling that and describing that situation to a casual fan. They only know one thing, and everybody in that arena thought that Sheamus had won the Intercontinental title. Now, do we do it in 2023? Do we wait? Can WWE wait? Can they hold off on this till Royal Rumble? Can they go uh, all these months and wait till WrestleMania? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give you guys my opinion on it. I think we've seen a lot of similarity between this match and what we saw at Clash of the Castle. I think there's going to have to be time in between before we get these guys back in the ring and we do match number three. Otherwise, all three matches are going to look terribly similar. And I would not want that because this feud has been fucking great. And I don't want to see it go down some path where it's like, oh, you know, the first match was great, and then it kind of declined. We got to try and keep the momentum of this going. And if we do another match, it's, I feel like it's just going to look too similar to everything else that we've seen so far. So that's my take on that. Other than that, I thought SmackDown was very newsworthy. We're going to talk about the Open. We're going to talk about Jay Uso, Logan Paul, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa Russell Ricochet tonight, which I thought was a very good match. And we got The New Day throwing their names into the Bloodline hat. I don't know what we're going to get going into war games, but we may end up seeing the new day on top of everybody else to go into war games against the bloodline. And we will briefly go over rampage. We'll go over battle of the belts and who won and who lost. And I know there was a trios match for the trios championship there. I know pack wrestled this fucking ass off tonight, which was the highlight of AEW's night. We got news on John Moxley. He's staying with AEW for another five years. I got News tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and I am glad you are with me right here on OTS. 2,300 people after midnight, man. I appreciate you guys. You guys are a bunch of fucking savages, man. You guys should be in bed, snuggle up with your cats, your girlfriend, your wife, whoever. Yeah, you're watching me. My UK people, man. You guys are about to wake up on a Saturday morning. Have yourself some nice coffee, some oatmeal, right? It's late. It is late. But I appreciate you guys, wherever you may be, joining me right on Off The Script. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. I see 2,300 people in here. I only see 600 likes. Why? Why? That's inexcusable. I need a 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's SmackDown post show, man. Come on. It's late. I'm doing this for you guys late. The least you could do is hit that thumbs up. We did an extra today, man. I was very vocal about the commentary changes in WWE. Monday Night Raw's got a new team. SmackDown's got a new team. We'll talk about that. NXT's got a new team. Somehow WWE made the announced teams worse on Monday and Tuesday. Not Friday. Wade Barrett's awesome. But on Monday and Tuesday, seemingly they made the announced teams worse. I give you guys my opinion on that. Also, where is Nigel McGinnis? And why wasn't Nigel McGuinness called up to the main roster? That man is a great color commentator. Where is he? I go over it. Talk about it on the extra. It's on the homepage. Go and check that out. Tonight's show sponsored by Honey. My good friends over at Honey, man. Join Honey.com slash off the script. You're going to shop online. You're going to save some money with Honey. I shop online every week. Whether it's for stuff for the bar. You know, my mother's basement. Stuff for the bar. Stuff for my cat. Stuff for me. You name it, man. Everything goes through Honey. Join Honey.com slash Off The Scripts. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight. As always, a great friend right here on Off The Scripts. Smackdown season premiere, man.
1: There's no Iron team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast.
0: If you guys expected uh, a ton of changes tonight, I uh, am here to report that there were not a lot of changes at all. There were no new titles. There was no new sets. There was no new theme music. Nothing. It was the same SmackDown that we usually get every single week, except the commentary team is different. Michael Cole is still there. Michael Cole is still there, but he doesn't have Pat McAfee yet, and he doesn't have... Corey Graves, he's got Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett is now the new color commentator alongside Michael Cole on SmackDown. I like this pairing. I thought they were great. I thought they really kicked ass tonight, and it should be nobody's surprise or it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that SmackDown right now still has the best commentary team in the WWE. It was that way with Cole and McAfee. It was that way with Cole and Graves, and now it's that way with Cole and Wade Barrett. Michael Cole is just a better play-by-play commentator without Vince McMahon screaming in his fucking ear. Wade Barrett comes over from NXT, and he did a great job alongside Vic Joseph. He was one of the very, very few bright, uh, bright, bright spots on Tuesday night on a show that is just complete dog shit. He was great in his role. You know, Vic Joseph, you know, he wasn't a good play-by-play man. He's still the play-by-play guy down there. Booker T is going to be replacing Wade Barrett on NXT. I don't know what you guys think of Booker T, sucker, but I am not a fan of his color commentator style. I'm not. Somehow they made NXT even more unlistenable. I, I don't even know how the fuck that's possible. Monday Night Raw, out is Jimmy Smith. And in is Kevin Patrick. I do not like that move at all. I think that makes Monday Night Raw the worst commentary team probably in all of pro wrestling. Minus Corey Graves because I think Corey Graves is fucking fantastic. But Kevin Patrick, really? That's a terrible move. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. But the one thing at the end of the day is that WWE is doing away with the three-man booths. Monday Night Raw has two. SmackDown has two, NXT has two. Two-man booths across all of WWE. Apparently, this was high on the list of priorities for WWE. Fightful was told, heading into October, that possible changes to the commentary team were looming. With the loss of Pat McAfee, WWE was already looking for a permanent replacement. Now, I, I, I think that wording is a little far-fetched, to be quite honest with you. I think that's a little... Uh, a little clickbaity right there. I don't think Pat McAfee is going to be away permanently. He signed the WWE deal. He will be back when college football is over. They are going to allow Pat McAfee to do whatever he wants because, let's be real, Pat McAfee's got a huge fucking audience. Everybody loves Pat McAfee. They know where their bread is buttered. And when someone like Pat McAfee wants to continue working with WWE, it's probably in WWE's best interest to continue working with Pat McAfee. Plus, he is admirable in the ring, and he gives a solid performance when he's out there if they do want him to actually wrestle as a celebrity, okay? But permanent, I I think Pat McAfee will be back at SmackDown when his college football analysis gig is up. Whether that means Wade Barrett goes back to NXT, Booker T is out, and this is all a part-time thing or a interim thing for Wade Barrett, that remains to be seen. SmackDown may actually be the only booth that has three men when Pat McAfee comes back because Wade Barrett is going to do a very good job, and I think removing him, filling in for Pat McAfee is actually going to be a slap in the face to Wade Barrett. So they may actually have three at the end of all this, but I know for a fact that Pat McAfee is going to be right back in that booth with Michael Cole. So it could be an interim thing that remains to be seen And I talked about this earlier. Nigel McGinnis. Where is Nigel McGinnis? Nigel McGinnis was fired. Apparently, Triple H let him go. Now, I call bullshit on that, as I document in the video today. Nigel McGinnis, if I am making a logical, smart analysis of this situation, I think Nigel McGinnis asked for his release you guys want the rest of my thoughts, go watch that video. I think Nigel McGuinness was released because a lot of people were asking, well, why didn't my, Nigel McGuinness get called up to the main roster and fill in for somebody on these shows? Why, why'd you move Wade Barrett to Friday night when Nigel McGuinness could have easily fit on Friday night? Or Nigel McGuinness, go back to NXT and do NXT with Vic Joseph instead of fucking Booker T. He was fired. They let him go. I do think he asked for his release, which they obliged. So at the end of the day, I don't think Triple H willingly got rid of Nigel McGuinness. I don't. I think it was very one-sided. Nigel didn't want to be there. And Nigel asked for his release and they said yes. Goodbye. So go and check that out. But Monday Night Raw, man, I gotta listen to Kevin Patrick for three fucking hours. Nobody wants to listen to Kevin Patrick for three fucking hours. See, this is where, this is where Tom Phillips would have been great. Tom Phillips was not a bad play-by-play guy. He wasn't. I don't understand this. Tom Phillips now, I don't even know why the fuck he was fired. What the fuck did he do? Could have Tom Phillips on Monday, Michael Cole on Friday, and uh, uh, Vic Joseph over there like he's about to bust a nut on Tuesday night. That could have been very good. Not Tom Phillips. Ha ha ha. Yeah, you want you want me to watch Tom Phillips on Impact?
1: <laughs>
0: Come on, man. They had a pay-per-view. How many people did they have at their pay-per-view tonight, man? They were fucking so foolish that they had to run a pay-per-view this weekend, man, on Friday night against the season Bruce, man. How many people did they have watching Impact, man? Wow! 12! 12. 12 people watch Impact tonight, man. Wow,
1: that's fucking great,
0: man. Wow, well, you growing, man. You're growing. Fucking so quick, I can't keep up. Last week it was eight. Now it's 12, man. You guys are fucking comedians, man. Really? Nobody watches Impact, okay? Nobody watches Impact. Nobody gives a fuck about Tom Phillips. Half of the fucking people don't even know who Tom Phillips is, and the other half don't even fucking care. He's over there. Nobody gives a shit about Tom Phillips on Impact. (laughs) Oh man, you guys, listen, man, you guys are comedians. That's all I can say. Anyway. Anyway, enough of mid-pact. Somehow they made it worse. I don't know. I don't know. Kevin Patrick for three hours, man? Holy shit. What am I going to do? Nobody wants to listen to him for three hours. I said this. If Michael Cole is doing Friday, I don't know why he couldn't do Monday. If we can't find anybody better than Michael Cole, then we shouldn't really be promoting anybody. Holy shit. Michael Cole and Corey Graves will be doing the premium live events, which I think is a great move. I think this is a great move. So you save your best for the pay-per-views, and that's what we're going to get tomorrow night. Michael Cole and Corey Graves at Extreme Rules. So no new set, no new theme. We still got uh, ACDC singing the fucking song. And... We got a new commentary duo on Friday Night Smackdown. So we open the show with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline. They are out there and they're in the ring. Roman Reigns says, Worcester, Massachusetts, acknowledge me. They obliged, obviously. Everybody held up the ones. OTS is the ones, and the rest of the IWC is the twos, okay? Just want to make sure you guys are aware. Um, All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we get Logan Paul's music hitting. He is booed out of the building. Of course he is. And he gets on the ring apron, and he leans over the top rope. He's got a microphone in his hand. Reigns says, listen, I I get it, I get it. There's a bunch of us, and there's only one of you. But this is my show. Come on in. We'll welcome you, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said that means Paul is his guest, and this is a safe place, and he invited him to speak. So basically, Roman Reigns was being a gentleman. Paul got in the ring, and he did... Receive a Logan Sucks chant. Reigns did the same thing. Um, uh, uh, apparently there was a problem not too long ago. I don't know what had happened. Apparently, uh, I don't know which match it took place in, but uh, he did not wipe his shoes on the ring apron before he got into the ring, did Logan Paul? He got zinged for that. I believe Roman Reigns was the one that kind of uh spoke up about that. A lot to teach him, I guess. Um, Heyman says, as the special counsel to the undisputed heavyweight champion of all sports entertainment, the tribal chief also serves as a wise man and drops pearls of wisdom like this. Reigns asked him the other day, who the hell is Logan Paul? Heyman said, it hit him in the head like Anderson Silva is going to hit Jake Paul in the head. The outside celebrities he's talking about here, you know, he's basically calling... Mr. Logan Paul, this generation's Mr. T and Cindy Lauper and the outside celebrities that are number one on pop culture platforms that bring in tens of millions of viewers to their product who all worship the altar at the island of relevancy and worship their tribal chief. He says they were deciding which pseudo-Kardashian they could rub. He brought up Jordan Peterson but then said he would never have the balls to fight Reigns. He then brought up Ben Shapiro, which I I don't know why we're bringing Ben Shapiro up here, who talks so fast that no one can debate him, though he wanted an open mic with Shapiro and said he's not a fighter, so he wouldn't fight Reigns. Andrew Tate was mentioned, then said the less we talk about him, the better. I don't even know why the fuck he was brought up. And he said that they all fell on Paul, called him impotent. He meant impulsive. He says that they're providing him that one moment for all his YouTube viewers, so that while he's laid up in the hospital for three months while breathing into a tube and a catheter, he said he hopes they're in the same hole. Then he went into this, you know, his spiel. This is not a prediction. This is a spoiler shit. Paul said he can't argue with that, and Heyman really is a wise man, but he has one question. He asks when Heyman says he's going to get smashed by the tribal chief, do you really mean Reigns or Jay Uso? So Uso was very upset and was screaming at Logan Paul as Jimmy tried to hold him back. They yelled at each other off the microphone and said, Paul can't tell the difference. Reigns looked over at Jay, he calmed. Calmed him down, and he fell back into line. He calmed down, looking intimidating at Jay Uso. Sami Zayn then jumped in, and he tried to calm calm things down a little bit. As soon as he got on the microphone, he got a huge Sami chant and a huge ovation. Sami Zayn is incredibly over, even more over every week that goes by. So Reigns was still staring at Jay. Jay tried to stare into hole, uh, stare a hole into Logan Paul. Zayn said Reigns is the tribal chief and nobody here is questioning that or challenging that. He said, this is Reigns family and Jay did nothing wrong. He said, the only person doing anything around here is this fake wannabe WWE superstar who's going to get smashed worse than anyone's ever been smashed in their entire life. He said, in the bloodline they say, you the twos and we the ones and Paul is the biggest two, a giant number two And he's going to end up a number two stain on the bottom of Rain's shoe. Uh, At this point, Roman Reigns broke character and was legitimately smiling and laughing under his fucking smile because of what Sami Zayn did here and the words that he used and the way that he expressed himself in this promo. Sami Zayn is that good that he made Roman Reigns legitimately break character on SmackDown tonight by basically saying that Logan Paul is going to end up being the shit stain on the bottom of Roman Reigns' shoe. Sami Zayn is a national treasure. So, obviously, with all this said, this is the build for Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. See, this is what I was afraid of. And this is what I basically complained about. When everybody was like, oh, J.D. doesn't get it. (laughs) Yes, I do get it, geeks. There's really not much here that I don't get, okay? Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, I get why it's happening. But like I said, we got 20 minutes of this. And it was a complete waste of time. I cared about nobody Paul Heyman mentioned. I don't even know why half the fucking names were mentioned. This was the weakest Paul Heyman promo in many, many, many years. This may have been one of the weakest before Sami Zayn and Jey Uso got involved here, which they've been playing their roles perfectly. This may have been one of the weakest bloodline segments with Sami Zayn of the entire year. And Logan Paul and Roman Reigns still doesn't interest me. In fact, I am less interested in what they got going on at Crown Jewel. This is exactly why these crown jewel shows need to fucking go away and die a million deaths. I don't give a shit about what happens in Saudi Arabia. I don't care about what happens at these shows for all I care. They are nothing more than a blemish on the WWE pay-per-view calendar that ruins everything before them and after them. Because instead of WWE building towards extreme rules only, and then going into survivor series, WWE's got a build coming out of Extreme Rules for Crown Jewel and then build for Survivor Series at the same fucking time. And this shit sucked. This was not a good segment. The fact that Roman Reigns broke character was great. The fact that Sami Zayn cut a great promo and was Sami Zayn was great. The fact that Jay Uso is continuing to play his role great was great. Outside that, can't really say much else about this segment. It fell flat on its face. Solo Sokoa, reason why this opened the show is that we got Solo and Ricochet in the opening match. This was a singles match, and this was very good between these two here on Friday Night SmackDown. Ricochet has been getting a lot of play on Friday Night SmackDown, and that is because he is a Paul Levesque guy, so I have absolutely no problem with that. Solo Sokoa is getting very, very comfortable on the main roster. And I think he's pretty much held it down since he's gotten the call up on Friday night. And I'm glad that he's really making strides on the main roster like we all expected him to. I mean, he should. He's with the Usos and Roman Reigns. So, Solo beats Ricochet here. Went about eight minutes to open the show. They had a good match. It was mildly paced. Lots of high-flying stuff here. Cool finish. Ricochet has looked strong even in defeat. Sokoa jumped Ricochet right at the top with the bell ringing. He had an early advantage. Uh, ricochet quickly recovered in a dive out to the floor. Solo was uh, frustrated, grabbed the chair. Referee took it away. Sakoa briefly took over, but Ricochet fought back. He went for a springboard. Sakoa cut him off with a big right hand. Ricochet landed hard on the back of his neck. Always selling is Ricochet. Great thing to see. Back from a small commercial break, Sakoa was in control. Ricochet started to make a babyface comeback. He caught Sokoa with a hurricanrana, big jumping knee, followed up with a springboard drop kick and a super kick. We go to the finish. Ricochet went for the 450. So Ricochet was about to finish this thing off with a 450 splash. Solo jumped to his feet, caught Ricochet mid-450, and did the solo uh, Yorinage. I don't know what he exactly calls it, the solo slam, but that spinning urinage, he does one, two, three, and Solo gets the victory and that's pretty much all she wrote for uh, Solo Sokoa here on Friday Night Smackdown. The Bloodline was watching their match uh, from the locker room. Zayn was bragging about mentoring Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns did not look all that happy here in the locker room. Jay was very upset that Sami says, Yo, yo, who are you talking about, Us? That's not your blood. You're not even a part of the bloodline. That's the bloodline. That's my brother. That's our brother. Solo, right? So Jay was yelling at Sammy, and and Reigns was glaring another hole into Jay Uso. So Reigns says that Jay, right? Stop. Sammy Zayn is saying, why you gotta be such a hothead for? And Roman Reigns actually agreed with Sammy Zayn. He's like, yes, Sammy's right. Jay, you're a fucking hothead. He's been a hothead all of our lives. He's always a hothead. Now, Jay and Sammy have a problem. Jimmy likes Sammy. Solo likes Sammy. Roman Reigns, as far as we see, likes Sammy Zane. He's welcomed him into the bloodline officially, right? So Roman Reigns says, yes, Jay Uso is a hothead and said the fact that Jay keeps doing this is a problem and it's not going to be my problem anymore. He's tired of Jay Uso. And the bickering and the moaning and the complaining and the attitude. He said, Sammy Zayn, this is your problem now. Zane didn't know what to say. He was very stumped at what to say here. And then it kind of dawned on him that, oh shit, this is going to be my problem. And I don't know how to stop this guy because he already is coming into this thing, not liking me. Now, a lot of people didn't understand the significance of this. This is another layer to the storyline. Roman Reigns basically gave Sami Zayn a direct order. He basically is giving Sami Zayn a responsibility as a part of the bloodline. We don't need Jey Uso getting a hothead and getting angry and costing us wins and costing themselves the tag team championships. I'm going to need you to keep him balanced. I'm going to need you to weather this storm called Jey Uso. Sami Zayn's not going to be able to do that because Jey Uso doesn't respect Sami Zayn. Jey Uso doesn't trust Sami Zayn. He doesn't even know why he wants to be in the bloodline. As far as Jay Uso is concerned, he thinks Sami Zayn is trying to infiltrate the bloodline and take them out. That's the significance of this. When Sami Zayn can't get the job done, it's going to result in something happening to a point where Roman Reigns is going to get involved and he's going to be the one to pretty much kick out Sami Zayn from the bloodline, and then he's going to unleash hothead Jey Uso on Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn's going to be the biggest babyface in the entire industry. That's what it's going to lead to. This is a test. So if a lot of people that did not understand this, oh, what does this mean? He's gotten a responsibility, and he's not going to be responsible for what happens, because Jey Uso cannot be controlled. Jey Uso cannot be contained. That's great. Now we'll see how this plays out going into the Extreme Rules show. Going into Crown Jewel or or whatever they got planned for the Usos at Crown Jewel. And going into War Games, where I think this is going to really come to a head. And I think Sami Zayn, at that point, that's going to be doomsday for Sami Zayn and his inclusion in the bloodline. Moving on. We got... The Usos and Sami Zayn walking in the back, and they were coming out of Roman Reigns' locker room. So Jimmy told him to chill. Just calm down. Everything's going to be all right. They ran into the New Day. Xavier Woods told Sami Zayn, listen, shut up. Grown men are talking here. Kofi says that Jay went from main event Jay to having two daddies with Roman Reigns and now Sami Zayn. Zayn then obviously got a big mouth and challenged them to go find a mystery partner, someone to team up with them against the three of them tonight on SmackDown. And that's exactly what they did. So Sami Zayn is making orders and he's guiding the Usos when he really shouldn't be doing that because he's nothing more than an honorary Us. He can't be doing things like that. And Jimmy didn't look all that pleased with him in this decision to make this match without asking them first. He just went ahead and did it. Woods says, You're not the stepdaddy. You're the daddy who stepped up. Hit row. They made their way out to the ring. Ashante Adonis, Top Dollar, MB Feb. They're walking out there. I believe Top Dollar gave his, his cap to some youngster out in the crowd. They try and get in the ring, and all of a sudden, as they're on the ring apron, Legado del Fantasma attacked in luchador masks. Nobody knew what was going on. They finally arrived on SmackDown. I, I knew immediately who this was because of the masks, and then obviously Santos is a very recognizable fellow, even with the mask on, and they all took out Hit Row. All of a sudden, we get Zelina Vega, taking out B-Fab with a hurricanrana and then a running, jumping knee. Santos, unmasked, he hit the Phantom Driver as uh, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro hit their double-team finish on Ashante Adonis. And they're all standing in the ring. They take their masks off, and it is Legado del Fantasma on SmackDown. Vega took the microphone. She says that she's back, and she didn't come alone. Escobar then says, they are Legado del Fantasma, and SmackDown is theirs. Then he winks into the hard camera and says, be safe. This is going to be a great move, guys. They stomp the mud hole in Hit Row. This is playing off their blood feud in NXT. And Santos with Legado with Zelina is going to be a great addition to Friday Night SmackDown. And I want to make sure you guys are aware of the factions that are forming right before our very eyes in WWE. We got Brawling Brutes. We got Imperium. We got Hit Row. We got Legato Del Fantasma. We got The Bloodline. We got New Day when Big E inevitably inevitably comes back. I hope so. We got a lot of fat. We got Judgment Day. WWE, I said this weeks ago, is getting very faction-heavy. Is WWE possibly thinking about trios championships? Is WWE taking a page out of the AEW playbook and doing factions and giving everybody a meaning, right? I got to be honest with you, man. I didn't really like it in the beginning stages of AEW because I didn't really understand it. Now that we're going on year four of AEW, I kind of quite enjoy it and I don't really mind it. And I'm not going to mind it in WWE because... You know, once upon a time we were complaining about roster depth and no longer are we complaining about roster depth and we got some nice fucking shit on television with factions feuding and, and, and matches and wars being waged. That means something. This is great. This is great. I have no problem with this whatsoever. Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart with... <laughs> Raquel! Uh, Rodriguez! Gonzalez out there with Shotzi. She came out on the tank. And they're going up against Sonia Deville and Zyalee. This was a waste of time. I don't know what it is with the women on SmackDown, bro, but they are not looking good. This was this was fucking sloppy. This was not good whatsoever, man. Raquel is, you know, outside of all the joking, you know, she is a lot better than what I remember her being in NXT. She's got a great look, got a great presence. You know, Zaya Lee. I mean, what a waste. What a waste Ziya Lee has been on the main roster. And, and half of it isn't even her fault. Sonya Deville is a lot better than what we are getting as far as her presentation. And Shotzi, you know, I could see Shotzi being a big deal. On the main roster. WWE, they took everything that made her unique away from her. They took the ball pit away from her. They took the tank. They took TCB away from her. They took the fucking helmets away from her. All these things made Shotzi who Shotzi is. Now, Triple H gave all those things back to Shotzi. She's going to get over the tank thing with the fucking cannon firing on SmackDown. Is going to get Shotzi over. But she's not very good. She's not. Most of the women on SmackDown aren't really all that good. This match sucked. Rodriguez came in, took both women out, hit a fallaway slam on DeVille, corkscrew Vader bomb on Xia Lee, and then we got Rodriguez hitting the Tejana bomb on DeVille for the one, two, three. That's it. That's pretty much it. The worst thing on the entire show was this match. The women really need a lot of help. The women's division on SmackDown needs a lot of help. They don't really have any solid you know talent on the show where i could sit here confidently and say that was a good match that was a good match she had a good performance they had a good performance no it's all the same sloppy half-assed rushed nobody gives a shit it was easily the worst thing on the entire show michael cole we see the video package of Michael Cole, or Michael Cole gave way to a video package, hyping the Extreme Rules match tomorrow night with Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. And they went over the entire story of the match. Uh, I don't know why that match got a huge video package, but neither woman was on the show tonight. So I guess that was WWE's final push for Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey at the pay-per-view. Going into hour two, man, we got Karrion Cross. He comes out with the lovely Scarlet, and we got a black and white screen on our televisions. Scarlet was walking the entrance the aisleway, and Cross did the whole entrance with Scarlet, and that was great. All of a sudden they get in the ring, and I don't know what was going on here. I don't know if Cross was about to cut a promo or they were going to cut a promo together on. Drew McIntyre butts right as Cross was in the ring, doing his pounding of the chest, right? I don't know what was happening after this, but Drew McIntyre was standing right behind Karrion Cross with a strap, and he attacked. He attacked Cross during this, this possible promo segment. So he had the strap on his wrist, He strapped Cross to it. Security came out and dragged McIntyre out of the ring. The strap was still attached to both guys, and McIntyre fought off all the security, putting his hands on the security officers. He slammed some into the steps. He placed, uh, I guess, placed at the center of the ring for Scarlett's entrance. There was still steps that he kind of was, was throwing the, the, the police officers or the security guards into. He hit one with an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Cross, obviously still strapped to Drew McIntyre via the leather strap, He forced McIntyre into the ring post, pulling him into the ring post three different times. Really looked good. It sounded good. Crossed and put the strap across the second turnbuckle, folded up the strap, and then whipped McIntyre incredibly hard across the back with it several times, folded up, making it thicker and harder, right, and... Hitting him in the back. He had no shirt on Did McIntyre. It sounded great. Should be brutal on Saturday night at Extreme Rules. Pulled McIntyre back into the post. He repeated this process for a third time. And then he hit McIntyre with about five different quick strikes with the the strap. Then one big one on McIntyre. And McIntyre was writhing in pain on the ground. His back was shown with big red welts from the whipping. And that's it. And that's it. That was pretty much the go-home preview for Karrion Cross, and Drew McIntyre. This was uh, a lot better than what we got when we got Scarlet throwing the fireball in Drew McIntyre's face that was horribly botched, but they played off on it anyway. This was a great beatdown. This was a great beatdown. Now, what worries me is Drew McIntyre, and Carrying Cross had a very similar thing happen last week, where Cross choked out McIntyre, and we got him laying in the middle of the ring. I believe that was last week. It was not last week; it was week before that. But we got that happening, and it looks like Karrion Cross has gotten the one up on Drew McIntyre. Now, I I, I don't think that Cross is going to end up losing this match because realistically, this is his first big-time match in his return, his second go-around in WWE, why would you have him lose the match, his first match in WWE? This I'm looking at as his debut. You're not going to have him lose his debut match. Not going to happen. And I will say this. This is the most important thing that I really want to get across to everybody listening. This is probably the most important match in Cross's WWE run. Out of everything he did in NXT and out of everything he's done so far on the main roster, this is his most important match in WWE. This is going to be a huge test for Karrion Cross. I could see Karrion Cross being a very polarizing figure. Some people like him, some people like the act, they think it's great, they think it's unique, they think he plays his role well. Scarlett fits the act, they love the theme, they love the entrance, they love everything about him. Then there are some people, and believe it or not, there are a lot of people out there that find Cross to be utterly boring. Now, I don't know what's wrong with those people, I guess their standards are a little different than mine. I think Karrion Cross is a very dominating figure, he's everything you would want in a WWE superstar. But there are people out there that exist. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to Karrion Cross because I know for a fucking fact that they're going to have a fantastic match tomorrow night because I can't see how you have a match with no rules with two of these guys like this, these two guys, and it end up being a shit match. It's not going to happen. It's physically impossible for it to happen. You are going to enjoy what they bring to the table tomorrow night. But still, at the end of the day, it is going to be a true test for Karrion Cross. Is he going to pass the test? Is he going to... Show everybody exactly how he is, who he is. Does he live up to the character that we've seen presented on WWE television so far? Is he going to excite the crowd? Is he going to be able to maintain that crowd and that audience watching the show? Are they going to be excited to see what they do? And that's only part one of the test. He's going to have to continue doing that with every other, bot, every other person he's in the ring with. Drew McIntyre, listen, Drew McIntyre doesn't have bad matches, okay? Drew McIntyre is one of the faces of this company. Drew McIntyre is excellent at what he does. He's gone in there and wrestled everybody and has had a great match with everybody, from Orton to Bobby Lashley to Austin Theory to Kevin Owens. You name it. You name it. Drew McIntyre doesn't have bad matches, you may think. Drew McIntyre is just as boring as Karrion Cross. But at the end of the day, I think everybody can agree with me that Drew McIntyre doesn't have bad matches. If Karrion Cross has a bad match with Drew McIntyre, then we have a fucking problem. It's not going to be Drew McIntyre's fault. That's why I say this is a test. A big one. If Karrion Cross can't have a good match with Drew McIntyre, it is not going to be blamed on Drew McIntyre at all. So make sure you guys keep a close eye on that. It's going to be a very telling situation come the end of Extreme Rules. We got a vignette. Vignette played, and there was this woman, this woman's voice. Vignette played, saying, only fools confuse patience with weakness. We got this voice and said, when the gods speak... They listen. And Valhalla awaits. Now, obviously, this was in reference to the Viking Raiders. But this was not for Eric or Ivar of the Viking Raiders. This was in reference to yet another return for WWE in the form of Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan is going to be joining the Viking Raiders, and Sarah Logan is going to be back in the WWE. Now, I'm glad she got a vignette. I hope we continue to get vignettes. I hope that whatever is ailing Eric, her husband, hopefully it is not that serious and that we get them all back as a trio on WWE television because they were actually heating up on the main roster and they were going at a pretty decent pace coming out of that feud with the New Day. They were looking good. And with Triple H, I'm assuming he was going to take care of them as well, because those are black and gold. All three of them are black and gold, and there's no doubt in my mind that he would have treated them very well. But Sarah Logan, Sarah Logan was not the most interesting act in WWE, very mid in the ring. Not really all that interesting. Is that going to change now with a gimmick that she actually has to play off of? I don't know what the fuck she was. She went from Riot Squad to part Viking to Released. And she wasn't all that entertaining. But now she's back, and she's got a full-fledged Viking gimmick, and she's going to be playing off of her husband, Eric, of the Viking Raiders. We'll see what happens. I don't know. But she's back on WWE television. Usos and Sami Zayn, they they got up into the ring, and they were about to go up against the New Day. It's Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, and their mystery partner was... Braun Strowman. The monster of all monsters is teaming with The New Day. I said, oh, there he is. There he is. Braun Strowman is putting his name into many different hats on WWE television. First, he's going at it with Alpha Academy. Now he's teaming with The New Day. And he is a SmackDown talent. Alpha Academy is a raw talent, right? Or raw talents. So I don't know why he's continuing to show up on Monday when he's a Friday night talent. I think, you know, when Triple H sets these rosters up the way he wants, I think everybody should stick to their own fucking brand. There's no need to be dipping into the other roster's fucking talent pool for talent on Monday or Friday night. No no longer needed. The more we add, the less we're going to need to do that. But Braun Strowman here is teaming up with the New Day against the Bloodline. When War Games was announced, I said Braun Strowman would be a perfect partner for whichever babyface team is going up against the Bloodline. We could see the Usos, obviously, with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa, the five of the Bloodline, go up against basically anybody. First, it was Kevin Owens. I don't know where Kevin Owens is going to fit into this or what he's going to be doing at Survivor Series, but he may not even be factoring into the bloodline stuff. I thought he was. I thought it was a shoo-in. He's got this thing going on right now with Austin Theory and Alpha Academy and Johnny Gargano. I don't know what's going on there. It's a little too early to tell. Kevin Owens could be in war games. Drew McIntyre could be in war games. This entire team could be led by Drew McIntyre at the end of all of it. We don't know. But I said Street Profits, a mixture of Street Profits, Drew McIntyre, maybe a Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman, right? I always included Braun Strowman in that. Braun Strowman against the bloodline. Braun Strowman's got history with Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman in war games. I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. On the other hand, Braun Strowman, we don't really know what Braun Strowman's going to be doing come Extreme Rules. Braun Strowman may be involved with Bright Wyatt, for all we fucking know. I have no clue. I have no idea. So it's going to be another interesting thing to see play out, and the pieces to all these puzzles will be a little bit more clear come Extreme Rules. But Braun Strowman is the partner of the New Day, and this was a fun little match here. We got Sami Zayn, Trying his best to cause a distraction here so Jay could interfere in the match as the illegal man. So the bloodline took over. Isolated Kingston on their side of the ring. Obviously Braun Strowman didn't really come in until the end of the match and caused chaos. So there were loud, we want Braun, we want Braun chance. Sami Zayn was firmly in control when Jay tagged himself in. He slapped Sami Zayn hard on the back for a tag, which offended Sami Zayn. What the fuck are you doing, Oos?" Jimmy tagged Zane back into the ring to a faint Sammy chant from the crowd in Worcester. Zayn and Jay briefly worked together. They started arguing all over again. Kingston took advantage of this. Strowman got the hot tag. He cleared the ring and splashed Jimmy in the corner. Strowman followed with a choke slam. Jay and Sammy Zayn once again arguing on the outside down in front of the commentary table. Strowman noticed he did the
1: Wee-hee!
0: Around the ring, and he plowed into both guys, tackling them into the announce desk. Jay flew into Cole, knocked him down. Woods and Kingston then hit the backbreaker double-foot stomp combo on Jimmy for the one, two, three. So that was pretty much it. Again, I don't know where Braun Strowman's going to fit into all this, but he was paired up with the New Day on tonight's show against the Bloodline for a specific reason, and it wasn't only because it's Braun Strowman and the crowd loves Braun Strowman. I think there's a bigger plan in place here, and I do think Braun Strowman is going to be battling the bloodline along the way, going through Extreme Rules, going through Crown Jewel, and leading into War Games. That is my prediction. Max Dupree. Let's talk about Max Dupree, bro. Max Dupree does not want to be called Max Dupree anymore. Maxine Dupree was backstage yelling at Max Dupree because he laid out mansois and masse of the maximum male models. He laid them out. So she called him Max. Don't call me Max. I'm not Max. You guys can call me L. A night crowd actually popped for L.A. Night in Worcester, Massachusetts. Everybody knows L.A. Night. L.A. Night's awesome. He his blue jacket on. He's wrestling next week. Is L.A. Night? He's wrestling Mansua of the Maximum Male Models next week. L.A. Night is back, and somewhere Bruce Pritchard is scratching his head. Why? This wasn't what Vince McMahon wanted. What did Triple H do? He omitted one from the maximum male models and gave us LA Knight back. Instead of having a more than comparable wrestler in LA Knight, instead of using him as an in ring aspect, a pro wrestler who can get over in any fucking aspect you want him to heal. He'll do it. Babyface. he'll do it. Tweener, he'll do it. Instead of using him as a wrestler, Bruce Prichard thought it was a good idea to hide LA Knight's talents and keep him as a fucking manager. And a mouthpiece for maximum male models with a gimmick that was dead in the water after week one. And this is where I love the internet wrestling community, man. For everybody that loved that debut of MMM, right? oh, I love it. I love it, it's great, I, blah, 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 right? All these people, hey, LA night, LA night, really? They weren't saying that on week one, the Fightfuls and the fucking no IQs and all these other fucking geeks in the community. Nobody was saying it at all except us. Maybe a couple, uh, BC maybe. I know BC can't hate this shit, L.A. Night. I know he shit all over Maximum Male Model. Give me a fucking break, man. B.C. would shit all over this while drinking his fucking Starbucks every fucking Friday, man. Give me a goddamn break. This shit sucks. This shit is fucking miserable. It was miserable from day one. The only reason why I said I enjoyed it was because it was so fucking bad I couldn't turn my fucking head away from it. But was was that the best use of L.A. Night? No. No, not at all. Give me a break. That was Bruce Pritchard's vision of L.A. Night. The LA Knight we're getting tomorrow night is the NXT version of LA Knight. The NXT version of LA Knight that is going to be a major fucking player on the main roster, man. And look, we are bolstering the roster with LA Knight. We got Legato. We got Max Dupree fucking shedding this shit. LA Knight. Tonight, we got Santos. We got Cruz del Toro. We got Joaquin Wilde. We got Sarah Logan right? Coming back. And we got LA night. The one fucking problem that Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon ignored. Triple H has fixed SmackDown basically in two months by bolstering the roster and adding depth. Wow. What a concept, right? What, what a fucking concept. I, I don't believe it, man. Holy shit. Bruce was as dumb as the fucking people paying $40 to watch Mid-Pact on a Friday night. Give me a fucking break. Moving on. We got Sheamus. Sheamus and Gunther in the main event. Intercontinental Championship match. I thought this was fine. I didn't really think this was going to be a better match compared to what they did at Clash of the Castle, but the Intercontinental title was in the main event. Can't complain about that. The Intercontinental title has looked far more prestigious under Triple H than it ever has under Vince McMahon at least in the last, I would say, 15 years. So that's got it going for it. Gunther has been looking great. Imperium has looked great. Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes have been great. It's been one of the best things outside of Bloodline and Sami Zayn on WWE television. And here we are on the season premiere of SmackDown with a banger of a match in the main event with the IC title getting that spotlight. So, again, I must stress, this was not a bad match. Was it a banger? Yes. All of Sheamus's matches are bangers. Most of Gunther's matches are bangers, okay? but. It was not better than what they did at Clash of the Castle simply because they had TV limitations to work around, meaning commercial breaks and a break in between the match, two breaks, in fact, between the match. You can't really, as a viewer, unless you're there in Worcester, can't really watch this as a viewer at home and really fully engage like we did at Clash of the Castle on pay-per-view. So the bell rings. And they go right at it. That Gunther was already foaming at the mouth to get at Sheamus, and so was Sheamus. So the bell rang. They they immediately threw bombs at each other right at the top of the the match. So Gunther had a bloody nose here. Um, Sheamus, his you know you you see his skin tone and how everything is visible on his body. His chest was beat red within, like, the first, I don't know, three minutes or so. It, it, it's it, it's a war, and that's exactly what it's supposed to be, a war for the Intercontinental title between these two guys. These are two of the biggest fucking most legit ass kickers in the industry. So, there was the bell. They wasted no time trading hard shops, clothesline. Sheamus threw Gunther out of the ring, tossed him around, threw Gunther into the barricade repeatedly. Um, they did take two commercial breaks in this thing. They came back from the first break, and Gunther was in control. Sheamus, he tried to mount the comeback. He went for the 10 beats, but Gunther blocked the first shot, so they fought on the apron. Gunther took over, drove Sheamus and his hand into the exposed part of a turnbuckle pad that was ripped off the corner. So we go from that to... Sheamus backing Gunther into the corner, beating him down. He then finally hit the 10 beats on the top rope, the middle rope, and then the bottom rope, and the crowd went crazy. Sheamus picked up Gunther for white noise, climbed up to the second turnbuckle, hit white noise off the second turnbuckle for a near fall. Fans broke into a, this is awesome chanting, Worcester. Sheamus went for the cloverleaf, but Gunther broke free. Gunther got back to his feet, powerbombed Sheamus. He went for a cover, got a two count. Gunther continued to attack and hit a diving splash while Sheamus was on his stomach. Rolled him over. One, two, kick out by Sheamus. Gunther went for a clothesline. Sheamus kicked the arm of Gunther instead. Sheamus then knocked Gunther down, went for a cloverleaf, and this is where the bizarre ending happened. Gunther appeared to tap out as he tried to reach for the ropes. The referee waved it off. Because Gunther was trying to grab the ropes to break the submission. So that's how they're going to play it off. He was trying to grab the ropes. And I guess that's how they're going to play it off to the fans watching at home. And when they talk about it tomorrow night at Extreme Rules in the video package. And they talk about this match. Grabbing the rope. But, you know, honestly, it did not look like that. It looked like he tapped out. And some people are saying it's three to tap out J.D., Uh, You know, some people saying he's going to be reaching for the rope and and whatever the case may be. You know, he was trying to build momentum for himself to push him to the rope. Whatever the case may be, like I said, it's, it's a bizarre way. It was a bizarre way to end the match. Okay. As controversial as it may be, I guess it did what WWE wanted it to do. And it's got people talking about the ending of the match. So people are excited to see a third and final match. When that match happens, I don't know. But referee waved it off. Gunther was trying to grab the ropes. Sheamus and the fans were furious at the referee because nobody really knew in that moment what was going on. So Gunther, to a lot of people, looked like he tapped out. Everybody thought he tapped out. Jessica Card disagreed. Referee's discretion is what Michael Cole said. All of a sudden, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci of Imperium run down to start encouraging Gunther. Get back in the match. They're giving him pep talk They're, they're hyping him up. Butch and Rich Holland ran out for the save and attacked Imperium with a shillelagh. As they brawler out ringside, Kaiser got a hold of the shillelagh, passed it to Gunther. Sheamus went for the bro kick. Gunther knocked him out with the shillelagh right in the throat. And that was it. Gunther goes for the cover, one, two, three, and Gunther retains the Intercontinental Championship. The mat is sacred, according to Gunther. But Gunther has no problem cheating to retain the Intercontinental Championship. It's a little outside of his character. It's a little against what Gunther really is known for, but here we are. Gunther took the low road on the season premiere of SmackDown, and he retained the Intercontinental title. Butch uh, Butch and Holland continued to uh, brawl with Imperium around ringside. In the ring, Gunther posed with the title over Sheamus, who was on the mats unconscious, and that is the way SmackDown went off the air. They hyped up next week. Sami Zayn and Kofi Kingston go one-on-one. L.A. Knight takes on Mensua of the maximum male models. SmackDown was great. I thought SmackDown was very good tonight. I thought uh, the season premiere really got you excited about what's to come. I think everybody is really fucking excited about Extreme Rules. This may be the best Extreme Rules card that WWE's put on. It's going to be a big night tomorrow, Now I'm expecting big numbers. I'm expecting you guys to show up big to the OTS venue tomorrow night. I'm excited about it. Bright Wyatt is definitely coming. They already told you tomorrow night, 10-8, he's here. So it's going to be a big night, man. It's going to be great matches. We got uh, a strap match. We got a ladder match. We got a fight pit match. We got an extreme rules match. We got a trios, no DQ Texas tornado match. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait to see what Triple H has in store. And it's just, it's feeling lively, man. It's feeling good. It's feeling fresh. Feeling exciting on Friday night, Monday night. Listen, you can call me a Triple H, shill all you want, man. But if you don't enjoy this version of WWE, I don't know what the fuck you're smoking. What is so bad about this version compared to what Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard were giving us? You can't complain about anything you're getting right now because it blows everything you saw literally three months ago, out of the water. Start embracing the change. Life will be a lot better for you. Anyway, guys, we are about to get into AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belt. Now, clearly, I will not be able to talk about Jay Cargill and Willow Nightingale. And I will not be able to talk about... Gates of Agony in FTR, because I didn't watch it. I'll go over who won, but I'm not going to be able to tell you what happened in the match, because I didn't watch it. I couldn't take it anymore. But guys, listen. A couple of things I want to mention before we get into the AEW coverage. Number one, thank you for joining me. Number two, we got 2,300 people in here, and still, we don't have 1,000 likes. Why? I know it's early. I know it's late for some of you. I know it's early for some of you. But a thousand likes minimum. It's all I ask. All I ask. Go hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below if you're new around here. And turn on the bell for notifications. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. You let me know what you thought of SmackDown tonight. You let me know what you're excited about for Extreme Rules tomorrow night. And we're going to go over Super Chats from the last stream on Wednesday because apparently in my area, Verizon had a huge outage in my area. So the stream went down and some of you who donated did not get your Super Chat read on air. So I will be reading those Super Chats tonight. And I apologize for that. Everything is good to go now, obviously. And we got new emotes and we got new badges. For all my VIPs, so if you guys want in on the VIP club, man, hit that join button down below and become a channel member. We got brand new emotes. Everybody's having fun with those. And we got new badges for 36-month and 48-month VIPs, man. Awesome stuff. So make sure you guys go and check all that stuff out and hit that join button down below. It helps me out tremendously. And you guys are the sole reason. My VIPs are the sole reason why September was the best month of the podcast ever. And I want to continue that in October. Tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. My great friends over at Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. Listen, man. I want to tell you something about me. Okay? I love shopping online. And that's all thanks to Honey. Manually searching for coupon codes is Honey. Right? way you shop online. Coupon codes. Searching for codes is a thing of the past. Honey is going to... Scour the internet looking for codes, and it's going to apply the best one to where you're shopping online. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. Food delivery, fashion brands, tech, gaming products, right? Household stuff you need. Everything. Everything. Imagine you're shopping online. You go to checkout. Honey button drops down. All you guys have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons you can find for that site and you guys are going to watch the prices drop now i've gotten into the business away from what i do here on the podcast i've gotten into really experimenting with different whiskeys and different, i would say concoctions different flavors so when i shop for whatever I need, man, as far as ingredients goes, to make me the best cold beverage in my mother's basement, of course. I shop and I buy all my stuff online using honey every single time. So not only am I saving money to make the best cold beverages ever, I do make the best cold beverages because I buy the best ingredients by using honey. Honey has over 17 million members and saved those 17 million, over 2 billion in savings. If you don't have Honey, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're missing out. It literally is free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're supporting me on the podcast. So make sure you guys go and download Honey for free. Join Honey.com slash Off the Scripts. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring my podcast right here for the SmackDown Rampage and Battle of the Belt post show on Off the Script. Rampage, man, Rampage. You know, the one thing I wish Tony Khan would get away from, two things I I would like for Tony Khan to get away from. Number one, why does Rampage feel like a fucking house show? Number one. Number two, why does everything feel so rushed on Friday night? I don't really understand that. Where Dynamite feels solid and the flow is solid. Rampage feels so rushed. And then part of the feeling that it feels rushed is that we don't really get entrances. Like, we got the Blackpool Combat Club in the open. We got Will Yuta, John Moxley, and Claudio to open the show. And we got the entrances for them and Private Party with Roosh on fucking YouTube. I never understood that logic. You got two hours of live television tonight, and we're getting fucking entrances on YouTube? Why? It looks amateur. And it looks lame. Okay? Blackpool Combat Club. We got John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio in the open of the show. John Moxley, AEW sent out a media press as soon as Rampage started. John Moxley has re-signed with AEW for five years. That carries him through 2027. Now, AEW's been here for three. I want everybody to really understand where I'm coming from here. Okay? And, I, and I'm going to say something here that may trigger the WWE marks. And I may, something, I may say something that you don't necessarily agree with. I don't really give a shit, quite frankly. But, you know, that's how I built my reputation and how I built my show. Sean Moxley has been with AEW since day one. Okay? Sean Moxley... Has been with AEW for three years now. He signed a new five-year contract. At the end of this contract, John Moxley will have been with AEW for eight years. He was in WWE for a total of six years before he decided to get up, walk away, and join all elite wrestling. At the end of these eight years, and you know he's going all five years, hopefully, God willing. And God keeps him away from any serious injury, okay? At the end of these eight years, when you look back at John Moxley's AEW run, for all the people that want to say Tony Khan doesn't know what he's doing and, you know, John Moxley fucking sucks and you got the cornets of the world out there saying John Moxley's a terrible pro wrestler and all this other bullshit, yada, 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 yada. All these fucking geeks online who start this tribalism bullshit online. At the end of the eight years, John Moxley will have a greater AEW run and be a bigger star in the industry because of what he did with AEW than everything he did in, in WWE. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I mean that without any hesitation in my fucking voice. I mean that as I look directly into this camera. John Moxley will be a bigger star in the industry for what he did in AEW than everything he did in WWE and that is including winning the WWE title on multiple occasions and be a part of one of the greatest stables in the history of WWE. And you cannot refute any of that. Now I don't know when this came about but they saved this shit and this legitimately was the ace up their sleeve. When CM Punk is out and there are rumors now that people are not really cooperating with the investigation. I wonder who that is. Where Moxley is pretty much taking the company on his back in the light of CM Punk being out and the Elite not being there and all these other injuries that have happened and will continue to happen, right? AEW, at the end of all of this, not only announced John Moxley as five years remained with the company, He is the AEW champion, and it comes at a time when their MVP, you know, the leader of the locker room, was pretty much announced signing a five-year deal while Sammy Guevara and Andrade were taking away all the spotlight from everybody else on Dynamite on Wednesday night, which was a fantastic show. So they are now, all all everybody's talking about coming out of Dynamite is Andrade and what what Sammy Guevara did with fucking uh, Andrade, the fight backstage. Nobody's talking about anything on Rampage but that, or, or Dynamite rather, but that. So they saved this. Yeah, look, look, all the happy stuff. They saved it to dumb down those fucking reports, which is smart, which is very smart. John Moxley is the MVP of AEW. Mark my words, when the year is over, John Moxley will be the number one guy in AEW. He will be the MVP probably of all of pro wrestling, if you want to be quite honest with yourselves. John Moxley. There's nobody more valuable to their company than John Moxley. Several sources indicated that John Moxley had been working at some point without a contract, but Feifel has not confirmed that. However, when we repeatedly asked about his contract status throughout the summer, we were told it was quite a situation, and we're also told that AEW would do whatever it took to keep him with the company for the rest of his career. It goes without saying that AEW has worked to make a big investment in John Moxley. An interesting aspect of the deal was that it, mentioned Moxley would exclusively wrestle for AEW and its international partners, including New Japan. Moxley has regularly wrestled for GCW, Revolver, and made appearances for N.E.W. AEW wouldn't comment on what this meant for his status with any of those companies, and when we reached out to GCW, they weren't even aware of the press release until it happened. And we not sure, I mean, fuck GCW, man. Who gives a fuck about GCW? We gotta go through GCW now. To, to get OKs about what AEW does with John Moxley, how much they sign him for, and for how long they sign him. Who gives a fuck? Moxley's got this title match with Nick Gage. That's another fucking can of worms. Nick Gage and John Moxley have a title match in Atlantic City on Saturday, GCW, right? Career versus title. They've pigeonholed themselves into a situation there. John Moxley's the AEW champion, he's the MVP, he's the fucking backbone, the ace of the company. John Moxley cannot lose, period. So how the fuck are they going to get themselves out of that in a match designed to give Nick Gage the fucking title back on Saturday night? I don't know how they're going to swindle that one, but they may be floating up shit's Creek with that one. I don't know. I don't know. So, in addition, it was stated that Moxley's role would expand into coaching and mentoring. Moxley helped lead a talent meeting after All Out that was positively received not that it's much of a surprise, but most of all, the talent we've heard from spoke highly of Moxley's influence and how much weight his words carried. We also heard that Moxley's, you know, that Moxley-led talent meetings along with Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson were very, very well-received. So, I mean, this, I mean, you know, there was a time when a lot of people, even me, I said, well, John Moxley, you know, sees Cody Rhodes go back to WWE and he's being treated right over there. You know, who's to say Moxley doesn't go back over there? Who's to say Jericho doesn't go back over there? This actually now swings the tide back in AEW's favor, because if somebody like John Moxley threw everything, and yes, money's a huge factor in that. Money's a huge factor in that. If everybody is looking at this situation and sees John Moxley sign five years, that's a long fucking commitment in pro wrestling for one company at this age, at this stage of his career, five more years with AEW, Honestly, I think this swings the favor back in AEW now because if Moxley's staying after everything that happened, then that's somebody that you can trust. That's somebody the locker room can trust. And Moxley pretty much is saying without saying, hey, I love this place. I want to be here. I trust the process here. This is my home. It's going to be all right to sign for five years. That's going to lead a lot of people to maybe open up their mind and say, well, if John is staying, if Moxley is staying, then I think I could stay too because if he's my leader for the next 5 years I'm okay in staying here. This is a big fucking deal. A lot of people won't really talk about that, but this is a big fucking deal. John Moxley signing with AEW is Tony Khan's saving grace. For a lot of people right now contemplating possibly going over to WWE to work for Triple H and they see the Cody Rhodes of the world go over there and everything is all right and Cody's going to be treated like a superstar. Now John Moxley staying with AEW, he could have easily went back to WWE and did what he did in AEW over with Paul Levesque, but he's not. So the tide is now swung back in Tony Khan's favor and that locker room is going to look at this as a huge possible decision. Making situation for themselves. I think that's great. And to be quite honest with you, you know, no matter what John Moxley and Renee want for his career, you know, Tony Khan can offer the same amount of money with a lighter schedule compared to what WWE more money, if that, to keep him. At the end of the day, he wants to be paid, sure. But John Moxley doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to rest on money and money only. If he goes back to WWE, what is he going to do in WWE? In a Roman Reigns era. If he signs for three years with WWE, Roman is still going to be around in three years. John Moxley will never be considered the guy. If John Moxley went back to WWE, he would basically be under Seth Rollins. That's where he would be. He would fall right back into the same role he was in before he left WWE, only using the John Moxley name. Because there's no way he'd go back to Dean Ambrose. So What Jon Moxley did is leave WWE, go back to or go back on what he really wanted out of his career, go to AEW, made himself into the Roman Reigns of that company. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, this is what Seth needs to do. Seth, Seth Rollins needs to join AEW. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Seth needs to do the same thing. At the end of the day, he can go on as many interviews as he wants. He's not going to be a star. He's not going to be the guy in a Roman Reigns-led WWE. It's not going to happen. Cody's not going to be the bigger guy. Cody's always going to be number two. Always, with Roman Reigns still there. Seriously. it's what Roman Reigns had to go through with John Cena. How many times did people tell Roman, yeah, you're number two. John Cena's still the face of the company. Now Roman is obviously, he's outlived all those, those whispers, and he's now a, a number one, right? But Seth Rollins is going to have to jump ship if he wants to do what he wants to do. He's going to have to follow John Moxley in that way. So Moxley signing with AEW is a huge deal. A huge deal for Tony Khan. So Rampage start off with the Black Bull Combat Club versus Roosh and Private Party. Uh, listen. You know, it is what it is. There's no way that Private Party was going to get one over on the Black Blue Combat Club. Private Party to me, man, nothing, nothing, nothing is going to save Private Party. Nothing. And I mean this, I'm, I'm, I mean this, and it's coming from a good place. Private Party is not good. They are young. They are still green. There's nothing that they do that wows me anymore. And, and I mean this wholeheartedly. And it comes from a place of care. They need, and I was thinking this to myself, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with this as well. I don't think AEW is a good place for private party. I don't. I I think AEW has had a, a negative impact on the growth of private party. If you take private party out of AEW, and you put them in the WWE Performance Center, and you put them on NXT to grow and mature, you're going to see a completely different private party. Honestly, I don't know when their contracts are up, but if there is any interest at all from WWE side to bring in private party and maybe put them on NXT, I think that's probably the best career move for them because they are not going anywhere in AEW. We're going on year four right now, and I noticed not one fucking change in the way private party conducts themselves or acts in the ring or wrestles in the ring. It's the same shit. In fact, they're worse than when I first saw them. I don't know why. I don't know why. Blackpool Combat Club wins here. I mean, Moxley took out Roosh with a plancha. Cassidy got a, a pop-up uppercut from Claudio. have locked on a short-arm scissors variation on Quinn, forcing him to tap out. Good stuff. I mean, it's not really long-term booking or really didn't factor into anything, but Blackpool Combat Club got the victory. So congratulations to Moxley. Nice to see Claudio on AEW television. This is exactly why I have him without the Ring of Honor title. Now we can do AEW things without being strapped down to holding up Ring of Honor without a TV deal. Tony Nese and Josh Woods defeated the Varsity Blondes in one minute. This was disappointing. Varsity Blondes continued to get the short end of the stick. So Nese and Woods finished Garrison off quickly with an Olympic Slam swinging neckbreaker double team combo. At the end of the match, Sterling grabbed the microphone and let us know that he's trademarked the term varsity to use in professional wrestling. And now Tony Nese and Josh Woods will be known as the varsity athletes. The blondes can no longer use the term varsity or Sterling will sue. So I guess this is, I guess this is Tony Khan's own version of Alpha Academy. I'm not really sure what we're doing here. So the Varsity Blondes cannot be the Varsity Blondes. Uh, Are they undergoing a gimmick change or undergoing a team name change? How can we not call them the Varsity Blondes when they were legitimately the first team to use the Varsity name and call themselves the Varsity Blondes? I don't know. Let me put my conspiracy theorist cap on. Maybe Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison are no longer going to be with AEW and Tony Khan just took that name and gave it to Josh Woods and Tony Nese. I have no idea. No idea. Josh Woods and Tony Nese, I don't know how they're going to factor into AEW things, but I think these two would look very well or very good on Ring of Honor whenever that TV show and that TV deal comes to be. The varsity athletes is now what they're called. Very, very similar to what Alpha Academy is on WWE television. Tay Mello and Anna JAS defeated Madison Rain and <laughs> Sky Blue. Somewhere Tony Brown is a happy man, right? Sky blue. I I listen, I get it, man. I got two eyes. I see. I like it. I like it. Believe me. Believe me. Tony Brown is a happy guy, right? Get, get him a shot. Get him a double, okay? He had a good night sky blue sky blue is a great asset you go. i know i know i know listen listen which would you rather watch sky blue or impact <laughs> you got the right answer man. nobody watches fucking impact give me a break man come on come on man um i don't care i mean what what does this match have to do this is a house show You got live television on Rampage, and this is a fucking house show. Why? Why is Madison Rain on television? Why? She's not supposed to be an active in-ring performer. I thought she was brought in as a coach slash producer slash mentor for the women's division. Meanwhile, she's wrestling on TV. I don't get it. So, JAS wins here. The finish was when... Jay tried to pick up Blue with a Cazadora to hold her in position for a charging knee from Mello, but they fell down. Mello hit Blue with the knee anyway. Jay locked on the Queenslayer sleeper for the tap out. The finish was obviously botched, but they held it together and got the finish anyway. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. Swerve Strickland. He was wearing a heel T-shirt. He promised to hurt Billy Gunn in their match next week. By the way, he said, whose house? And nobody said Swerve's house. You know this man is going heel imminently, which is a great thing. He promised to hurt Billy Gunn in their match. Uh, I'm not coming for a five-star rating. I'm not coming for a match of the night or a match of the year or anything like that. Uh, I'm coming to hurt you. And that's pretty much what he promised. So that's going to be on Dynamite. Dynamite next week is also getting Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. More tag team action for the ladies. Death Triangle Pack, Penta L0M, and Ray Phoenix defeated the Dark Order. This is number 10, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. This was supposed to go to uh, number 10 and Andrade. Mask versus career, but Andrade... Decided to be a fucking asshole and he got sent home. So, this match was obviously in memory or in honor of Brody Lee, right? And he had his last match two years ago to this day. So, that's why it was, I guess, memorialized for Brody Lee. And we got a lot of the commentary team mentioning Brody Lee tonight. There was no way the Dark Order was going to win this match. No way. So we got the Death Triangle retaining the titles here. Silver and Pack. towards the end of this thing, they were exchanging forearms and kicks. Pack hit a German suplex, but Silver came back with a series of kicks, a deadlift brain buster for a near fall. Silver took down Phoenix with a clothesline. Dark Order went for the pendulum bomb on Phoenix. They, oh, Phoenix countered once, but Dark Order got it on a second attempt. Went for a cover. They thought they had the titles One got a near fall. Reynolds set up Phoenix on the top rope. Phoenix countered with a top rope, Aaron Penta got a tag. He the sling blade on number 10. Reynolds uh, and a backstabber on Silver. So he was offensive all over the place. Silver and Reynolds hit their finishing combo on Penta, and number 10 hit a discus lariat like Brody Lee did on Penta. And that got another near fall that was broken up by Pac and Phoenix. Jose, the assistant, came out. Distracted Silver and number 10, and Roosh came out, handed Pac the bell hammer, the ring bell hammer. Pac doesn't mind cheating at all because, I mean, he's Pac. He's a bastard, right? So he knocked out Reynolds with the bell hammer, Pack then hit the brutalizer, and Reynolds was pretty much knocked out, so the referee quickly stopped the match. Uh, It was a a fun match. The crowd really didn't seem overly enthused about it. I mean, it was very lukewarm as far as reaction goes. I don't know why, but it was a very good match. The trios matches are always really good television. This one went over 20 minutes. Uh, Finish looked a little wonky, but uh, I'll take it, man. The Dark Order does not get the job done on Brody Lee Knight. And we got the Dark Order losing to Death Triangle as Death Triangle retain the AEW Trios Tag Team Championships. Battle of the Belts. They went right into Battle of the Belts. Pac, he just got done with a 20-minute Trios match. And they go right into Battle of the Belts. It gets its own intro. And Pac is already in the ring. We see Penta and Phoenix leaving. And he has another 15-minute match against Trent Beretta. And he beats Trent Beretta. For the All Atlantic Championship, so this was great. This was probably to me the best match of the entire night. This match for AEW. So Pack is awesome. Pack is so fucking good, man. So obviously, Pack retained the title. Pack hit a back elbow. He went for the top rope. Beretta crouched him on the top rope. Beretta hit Pack with an avalanche half and half suplex from the top rope for another near fall. Crowd was more into this match than they were into the trios match. So crowd is chanting AEW AEW. That one point they chanted "Fight Forever." Beretta tried to set up Crunchy. So it's basically a, a, a Storm Zero, a Strong Zero. Pack counted with a brutalizer. Beretta struggled to get to the ropes. Pack looked frustrated here. He couldn't put Beretta away, which angered him. Pack dropped to the floor. He went for the bell hammer again. Beretta tried to suplex Pack back into the ring. Pack hit Beretta between the eyes with the hammer and got the one, two, three. So he not only used the hammer in the first match, he used it again and got the victory over Beretta to retain the All-Atlantic title. So he retained the, the Trios title and the All-Atlantic title in the same way. Out comes Orange Cassidy. All this cheating angered Orange Cassidy. He attacked Pack, chased him off. I thought this would... Uh, Bryce Remsberg was the official here. At no point did he see the bell hammer. We had officials come out. that The hammer got lost in the melee. We had three or four officials out there trying to hold Cassidy back from PAC because he was upset that PAC cheated. So we got Orange Cassidy targeting Pack. I don't know when that's going to be, how long they're going to hold off on that. I could see that happening at full gear. I think we do full gear. It would be legitimately... I think, when, when was their first match? Revolution? I believe their first match was at Revolution. I want to say it was full gear, but I think it was Revolution, right? But I do think that full gear we get Orange Cassidy and Pac, and Orange Cassidy wins his first major championship in AEW. I think that's going to be awesome. And you know that they're going to have a banger match. Tony Schiavone interviewed Chris Jericho. He was with 2.0. It's time for Daniel Garcia to come home to JAS. They're not mad at Garcia. They're just disappointed. 2.0 are like Garcia's dads, and Jericho is like his older brother. Chris Jericho will bring back Lionheart on Wednesday against Brian Danielson when he defends the ROH World Championship. Revolution 2020. Thank you, guys. I knew it was that revolution. Jay Cargill. She defeated Willow Nightingale to retain the TBS championship. I did not watch this match, so I have notes on this from one of the dirt sheets. I did not watch this because I was getting myself ready for the stream, and I said, you know what, enough is enough. Four hours of wrestling on my Friday night is way too long. So Nightingale, she was being beaten down by Cargill. She took over the match with a clothesline. Took her down with a spinning head scissors. Nightingale hit a cannonball in the corner. Then a shotgun dropkick off the second buckle for a near fall. Nightingale pulled down her straps and went for a head scissors. Cargill countered into a tilt-a-whirl slam, which is sounds mighty impressive because Willow is not small. Then immediately put Nightingale down with jaded for the 1-2-3, and that was it. It was, I was told... I was told it was a very good match, and that was probably one of the best matches that Jade was in. So just by that, I may have to go back and check it out. But this is what I was told. Lexi Nair interviewed Ethan Page, Stokely Hathaway, Matt Hardy. Hathaway confronted Hardy with footage of his contract tampering with private party. This will uh, more than likely lead to a match in Toronto, probably for Rampage. Lexi interviewed Hook about the envelope from the Trustbusters. Hook tore up an envelope. I guess they're trying to enlist him in the Trustbusters, and he walked away. Hook does not need to be in the fucking jobber group known as the Trustbusters, okay? So, I guess, never mind, never mind, I said full gear. Uh, apparently, Excalibur announced PAC will be defending the All-Antic title against Orange Cassidy at Dynamite next Wednesday. Fuck full gear, I guess, huh? Unless we get... Another cheat by PAC next week. I don't know. Toronto's going to have 7,000, 8,000 people in attendance. It's their first time in Toronto. I could see Orange Cassidy pulling off the win and winning the title in Toronto. I don't know. We'll see. I figured we'd do it a full year, but Tony Khan is giving us that match in Toronto next week. Bobby Cruz was out to announce the main event. FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler defeated Gates of Agony. This is... uh, Khan and Toa Leona with Prince Nana. They retain the ROH Tag Team Championships. Uh, no reason why FTR would lose the ROH Tag Team Championships. FTR hit Khan with a spike pile driver. They went for the big rig on Leo, Leona. Um, and it was after the spike pile driver, big rig on Leona. It was too big to get up for the move. Uh, Leona charged at Harwood. They were able to get Leona up for the move anyway. Nana got up on the ring apron. Harwood sent Khan headfirst into Prince Nana. Harwood caught Khan with a backslide, got the pinfall. Uh, That's pretty much how the match ended. No big rig, no big move. Uh, People said it was uh, a a fine match, but um, the finish looked a little lame, and it wasn't really all that that, uh, great as far as Battle of the Belts is concerned. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, when we first got Battle of the Belts, we all thought it was going to be AEW's version of Clash of the Castle. Or not Clash of the Castle. Clash of of Champions. Clash of the Castle. Uh, We all thought it was going to be AEW's version of Clash of of Champions. And we haven't gotten anything like that. You know, it's in a terrible time slot tonight, 11 o'clock to fucking midnight, right? And it doesn't really embody... An envelope clash of champions. It doesn't. It's just basically mid card trash and Ring of Honor leftovers on AEW television. I'm sorry, man. I can't get behind that. I really can't get behind that. You know, a lot of people were excited about this concept, and now through four of them, they are largely forgettable and uneventful shows. No matter how Tony Khan wants to spin them, they're not good. The matches are fine, but they don't really present any real story, anything engaging going into next week outside PAC and Orange Cassidy. What happened? What happened on tonight's show? Outside of PAC and Orange Cassidy, nothing happened on these shows. Nothing. I'm sorry I feel disappointed. That's just me. Anyway, guys, uh, that is all I got for you on a Friday night. We are going to get into the Super Chats. And I want to thank you guys once again for all your support and joining me here on the podcast. Follow me on social media, man. At J.D. from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out today's extra, man. Quality, quality stuff. Okay? And make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up, man. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. And we got six new members tonight, man. Let's try and make it ten. Let's try and do ten members tonight is the goal. Thank you for the six, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Now, let's go back to Wednesday, man. I want to start with Osuqui. I want to thank Osuqui once again, man. $500 Super Chat from Wednesday. Unbelievable is Osuqui. Showing some love to OTS. Have a great post show, guys. Good to have you back with us, Jesse. Glad you're feeling better. We love Osterquay, man. MGM Ballin with a $4.99 Super Chat. It's so great to have Jesse back. I missed the debates. Also, MJF and Yuta had a great match tonight. They did. That was a great match from Wednesday. Spencer Morgan with a $20 Super Chat. I was in the building on Wednesday, and there was overwhelming social pressure to scissor people but I stood my ground because just as you, J.D., I don't scissor other men. Good for you, Spencer. It's always great, always admirable to see people stand their own ground. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. Also, it goes to show how hardworking you both are being here and giving us this great stream despite your personal circumstances. Appreciate you both. Bolin, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. AWC Legend with a 179 Super Chat. JD, did you say. Did you say what Alexis said about you? Or did I see what Alexis said about you? Yeah, she called me JB. She's going to mention me on Twitter, at least get my fucking name right. Man, her fans are the worst, man. I, I swear to God. People say Sasha's fans are the worst or. Bailey's fans or Charlotte's fans? I mean, Alexis fans are fucking the dirt worst, bro. They are bottom of the bat. They they legitimately look like fucking who's that cartoon character from Family Guy that they depicted? Man, he's got one tooth. He's fucking gangly. He lives in fucking Peter's basement, right? He was sitting there. He was sitting there, uh handcuffed to a chair, while Lois was doing laundry. I love you That's our fans You could miss it The biggest slobs Virgins and neckbeards In the entire They all think they have a shot with Alexa The only shot you have bro Is On WWE 2K man You could touch your TV yeah, look, Alexa You love me ridiculous. Tenario with a $5 Super jab. What's up, JD? Good to see Jesse back today. Marks 25 years of Bad Blood, 1997. Great show, and rest in peace, Brian Pillman. Bad Blood, man, I love that. Herbert? No, Herbert's the pervert. Herbert's the guy that uh, has a crush on Chris Griffin. Toxic Blaze with a $4.99 SuperJet. At this point, Tony needs to start firing people to make an example, but he doesn't have the balls. Yeah, uh, I think he needs to do something with this Andrade situation. If Andrade doesn't want to be there, get him out. Drew Gilmore. What's up, man? $5 SuperJet. Hey, guys, want to announce, as of yesterday, I officially am done with grad school and earn my MBA. Thank you. Hashtag graduate Drew. Awesome, brother. I'm happy to hear that, man. I don't know if you're listening tonight, but congratulations. jacksell 23 with a $50 Super Chat. Welcome back, Jesse. Also, JD, I watch your extra. Also, I don't know why Sammy Guevara is complaining and whining like a crybaby. You're a wrestler. Man up. Act like it, dude. Also, this is a bad choice by TK. Why does TK keep Rampage? It sucks. I don't know, man. Rampage is not good television. Dom Wopo, one ninety nine. All this drama, work or not, is souring AEW for me. Dom, you are not the only one that's told me that, bro. You are not the only one that's told me that, bro. Angel Alaga with a two hundred. Dollar Super Chat. Dynamite was great. Jesse, it is so great to have you back. Glad you are feeling better. Sammy is such a big baby. He needs to be suspended. Yeah, uh, I would have I given Sammy a final warning. I don't know if a suspension would be, would be uh, the right move. Maybe it's too harsh, but he did act out of line on social media, which is cause for concern. I would have absolutely given him a final warning. And one more fuck up. He is on his way out. Tony Brown with a 4 super chat. My friend, Jesse, what is up? What is up, Tony Brown? Jack 23 with a $50 super chat. TK is not doing what WWE wrestlers wanted Vince to do, which is putting them on TV, and he is not doing it. That's why all WWE wrestlers want to go back to WWE since Triple H has taken over. Characters have been respected, and he creates new stars. Tony Khan is uh, at a position right now, man. He doesn't need all the XWW guys. He doesn't. And if they are XWW guys and have showed their true colors like Andrade, get him out. Fire him. Joseph Taylor with a five-off with Chat. JD, I wonder who is more obsessed with you: Alexa, Ryan Satin, or Baron Corbin? Th- uh, Baron Corbin, listen, he unblocked me. I have nothing bad to say about Baron Corbin. He's not even on TV. Baron Corbin, listen, me and Baron Corbin, would get along, man. He loves heavy metal. I love heavy metal. We love steaks. We love whiskey. Me and Baron Corbin have a lot lot in common, man. A lot more than he he really kind of, I guess he doesn't understand. He doesn't know who I am. But Alexa, I mean, her fans are ridiculous, man. I have no problem with her. It's the way she's booked on television. And she's not all that very good. I mean, I could have an opinion on why she's not good. She's not good. It's my opinion. I am, I'm not wrong in that. Ryan Satin, he could go fuck himself, man. Fuck Ryan Satin. He's one of the dirt worst in the entire community. He may be at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Drizzy Drew with the 199 Super Chat. Do we get daddy Ash chance on Raw? Maybe. It's New York City. I won't be surprised. Jaxo 23. Hey, JD, I got a joke for you. Impact. <laughs> Jaxo, that's the best joke of all time, man. Nobody watches Impact. White Rabbit with a five dollar Jack. Sammy should not be talking about Andrade failing to get over. He is with Jericho again to get over. After all, Jericho did for him. Listen, White Rabbit, you ain't lying, bro. You ain't lying, bro. Mister Premium, two thousand two, $4.99. Do you guys have any idea why Brian Danielson continues to enter out of the heel tunnel? If it's not leading to anything big, good to have you back, Jesse. I have no idea, man. I think he just does it because uh, the fans keep asking about it. Let him do what he wants to do. I don't give a fuck if he comes out of the eel tunnel, the face tunnel, if he comes from outer space. I don't give a shit where he comes from. He's going to be in the ring wrestling. That's all I care about. Chris Elliott, 1989. It's my 33rd birthday. Glad you are back, Jesse. Happy fucking belated birthday. Chris Elliott, Joseph Taylor, to $5 Super Chat. Alexei is trending on Twitter because of what you said on Monday. Good. Keep talking. Ronald Ginsberg. Glad to see you here tonight, Jesse. All the best. Dynamite was amazing. I couldn't wait to join the OTS venue after seeing Sammy get that pin. Jade's next opponent is Nyla Rose, says Jack So with a $5 super chat. Oh, great. Zach Smith with a Canadian $27 super chat. Happy to see you back on the show, Jesse. Much love to you and your family. There's nothing I'd rather be doing And listening to you guys while cleaning school bathrooms and Jesse shooting the shit. Cheers to you both from Canada. Thank you, Zach Smith. Listen, no matter what you're doing, man, you're a hard-working fellow. And we're glad that we can keep you entertained no matter what you're doing, bro. Thank you. Seizure your property with a $5 super chat. Didn't Soraya get effed by Xavier Woods and Brad Maddox? Yes, you are correct, property. Thank you for the uh, visual. D. Bastardo with a $2 super jet. What the F is a Warjo? Get the F out. I have no idea, bro. Warjo. Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Basic, 199 super jet. Sammy buried himself. Good. He'll learn his lesson. Robert Lamoa with a $10 super chat. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Whenever somebody gets over like FTR, Wardlow, Adam Page, Miro, even Brian Pillman Jr., Tony Khan kept them off TV and cools them off. I don't know why. Miro, FTR, Wardlow, they all need to be on TV. Brian Pillman Jr. The Varsity Blondes are a very underrated tag team, man. I I think if they actually gave them some fucking TV time and put some fucking effort into building their characters... I think they'd get over. Sucks. White Rabbit with the $2 Super Chat. Tacos tonight are on point. Yeah, on Wednesday, they were five stars. I'm hearing that uh, they diminished down to a two-star now. And Michelle McLashing just renewed my membership. Welcome back, Jesse. In my opinion, Sammy G hasn't been the same since he's been with Tay. Yeah, I see a little change there, but uh, whatever, man. They're in love, they're in love. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Favorite AJ Styles match. Uh, I'm only going to go based in WWE because I don't watch Impact, man. Uh, I'm probably going to say John Cena. John Cena, any one of those matches, any one of the three matches that they wrestle. Blaze with a $9.99 Super Chat. I recently watched a clip of Randy Orton getting into character for an interview, and since it's spooky season... I think Randy would make a badass Freddy Krueger in a movie if he went to Hollywood. Randy Orton is uh, quite the individual, man. I, I, I love his—I I just love his person. His, his charisma is my type of guy, man. You know, I miss him. Tony Brown with a one ninety-nine super chat, my man J D I W C King. Thank you, Tony Brown. As always, brother. Some booty meat tonight, man. I know you were pleased. Uh, Philip Newton with a $4.99 super chat. I know you are missing Rampage and Battle of the Bell JD, but I think Pack is turning heel. Pack is heel, bro. Pac, nev- Pac was never a baby face, bro. Pack was never a baby face. Grimsley with a $1 super chat. He leaves absolutely... No message for this $1 Super Chat. Why is that, Grimsley? Noah Tacone with a membership for four months. Thank you for the recommitment, bro. Oh, my! Thank you, bro. Noah Driscoll with a $10 Super Chat. The people have been waiting for the IWC King... To do as Papa H did tonight and deliver banger after banger after banger after banger. Hashtag we're waiting Wyndham. Hashtag OTS Army. Hashtag JD is him. Thank you, Noah. Tenario with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Made some banana pudding. Sat back and watched SmackDown. Good show. Who doesn't like banana pudding, bro? Matt Gutierrez with a new membership. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, Matt? Grimsley with a $10 dollars super chat. There he is. There he is, Grimsley. JD Bound for Glory was a banger, not gonna lie. Mickey versus Mia Yim was great. And Slamovic versus Jordan Grace tore the house down. Better female matches than WWE and AEW combined right now. Of course, they got a great women's division. Not taking that away from them. I just, it's fucking boring. The show is boring. Tenario with a $5 Super Chat. Was hoping they would pair Zelina Vega with Legado del Fantasma. Glad it happened. It's going to be a great pairing, bro. Grimsley with another $5 Super Chat. Can't say much without getting attacked for Impact, but if you are a wrestling fan, those women tonight gave you wrestling. Did uh, Masha win the title is what I want to know. Did she win the championship? Dragonheart. Yobi with a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you, brother. Um, Otis, Otis, my buddy Otis. Uh, get Brad out of the chat, bro. Brad is obviously a fucking cocksucker, and he should have been swallowed. Brad, get him out. Get him out. Brad seems like the type of... (laughs) J.D.
1: Why are
0: you talking about Alexa Bliss? Get him out. There you go. Bye, Brad. Bye, Brad. Your room is a mess, Brad. I hear your mother calling, Brad. Huh? Do you go on social media, Brad, to claim that I live in my mother's basement behind the green screens, Brad. Uh, Dragon, thank you for $20, bro. Uh, if you can, just once more, I'd love to hear you say, you fucking goon! And the legendary, and this! Proud of your growth, JD. Keep up the great work. You are a goat at what you do. Keep inspiring the dragon. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, no, I'm not going to be, uh, guys, I'm not going to be yelling, get him out. Uh, you guys got the emotes for that. You can give him the get out. I'm going to save my voice for Extreme Rules tomorrow night, because that's most important to me. Why am I just seeing Brad now? You guys are slacking, man. I'm going to I'm gonna have to dock some fucking hours Then Otis, what's going on, bro? How many months we got working here tonight, man? Why was Brad allowed to talk shit all night? I'm just seeing it now. I don't understand this, man. I know you got him, Otis, but apparently he was talking shit all night. I can't have people... (laughs) Alexa, please! I, I can't have these people in my fucking venue. I got an image to uphold here, bro. I mean, come on. Look at how... Well, bro, listen, I'm a fucking handsome guy. I need, I need the fucking ladies walking in here. I need the drinks. Flowing ice call. I, I have a fucking venue to run here, bro, okay? Come on now. Otis, within 11 months. Thank you, Otis. OTS bouncy. I just want to say much love, Tribal Chief, and much love to the chat. Hit that like button because we are the ones. Hashtag OTS Bloodline. Otis, listen, bro. Listen, man. I love you, man. But if you listen. I'm not gonna dock you pay, Otis. I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to watch Impact. But nobody nobody wants that. I mean, nobody watches Impact, man. Imagine me forcing you to watch Impact. Come on, bro. We we can't have this. We can't have this laziness now. I'm not running a sloppy shop, okay? Ernest Williams with a 4.99 Super Chat. J.D., I live in New Orleans and will be at SmackDown next week. I hope I see Wyatt. I may be in New Orleans uh, early next year, man. I want to take a trip down there. Never been to New Orleans. Omni Entertainment with a 5 in UK. Yo, J.D., I missed on my Stream, but glad to see the acclaims are so over. Next, Triple H needs to have a solid brand split or just combine the brands. Now nah, we're gonna keep. uh, Now nah, we're keeping the brand split going, man. We're getting a draft after WrestleMania. I'm, I'm assuming. Phil! Exclamation point! Becomes a new member. Thank you, Phil. Freebird. Fifteen months. Thank you, bro. JD is always great streaming people with the great work and shutting the IWC haters up. Fuck them. Brandy Houston with a new membership. Brandy Houston. Thank you so much. What are you drinking, Brandy? Phil, what are you drinking? JD, uh, do you know what I'm paying for? Two dollar. Two dollar super chat. He wants.
1: Oh, precious. Thank
0: you, visionary. Matt Wiley with a new membership. Thank you, Matt. Also, with a $5 Super Chat. appreciate you, bro. Finally had to join the channel. You're the king of the IWC. You're the reason for me finally giving WWE a chance. Keep doing what you do. Thank you, brother. Tyler with a $4.99 Super Chat. Great stream tonight. Excited for tomorrow's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Rest in peace, Sarah Lee. OTS for life. Yeah, man. That's a sad story, man. Thirty years old—that's—that's—that's inexcusable, bro. I don't know what the fuck the problem was there. I don't even think we'll ever know. That sucks. There is a GoFundMe page um, for her. Uh, They—they blew past the GoFundMe, man. I think they're like ten times over the fucking GoFundMe now. It's great, but that's a—that's a sad story, man. Thirty fucking years old—that's ridiculous. Tyrone Johnson with a 4 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., Seth Rollins, Brian Danielson, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho. Who's the weakest wrestler in their prime, in your opinion? Seth Rollins. Tenario, one, two, eight, $5 Super Chat. J.D., can I get an Android voice of Omos?
1: My god. Oh <coughs>
0: White Rabbit would fight out Super Chat. The only way I would want to see Goldberg back on TV would be if Bray is going to squash him for what he did to the feed. Absolutely. 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 Joseph Taylor with a 2 dollars Super Chat. Jack. jack and Coke, please. Joseph Taylor. I'll make you Jack and Coke, bro, but you, you, you gotta You gotta be a little bit more adventurous with your drinks, bro. I mean, come on. The visionary, with a two-dollar super chat! I want to say I'm officially in the U.S. Air Force. Visionary, congratulations, bro! I wish you nothing but the best, man. Get some of your uh, your crewmates into the podcast. Ricardo with an eight-month membership. What's up, JD? For this milestone, can I get a Vic Joseph commentary impression?
1: Ugh.
0: Carmelo Hayes! Oh! <laughs> Fuck it ridiculous, man. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Side wrestle with the 199 super chat. Fans chanted CM Punk at Bobby Fish at Impact today. Well, the 12 people at uh, Battle Glory Bay were chanting CM Punk. I'm sure that went over fucking really well. JCS186, new membership. Thank you so much, brother. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. What's up, JD? Smackdown tonight on the season. Brim was great. Legato to Smackdown. Thumbs up from me. Hopefully, we get Mysterio on Smackdown next year via the draft. If you were Legato, that is money waiting to happen. Yes. Yes. That ne- Whether Legato goes to Raw to join Mysterio or Mysterio comes over to Smackdown, man. One or the other. They need to be on the same brand. Grimsley with a $5 Super Chat. Grace won. Impact is boring as hell, but Bound for Glory tonight was fun. Crowd was bigger and louder. I had ECW reunion of a few guys. Always fun seeing that. Whatever. Tyler, $4.99 Super Chat. Said to see no changes in the SmackDown set and title belts tonight. Slowly but surely, he'll start uh, changing that up, man. JCS, JD, cards or Phillies? Who do you want? I want the Phillies. I don't want the Cardinals. The Braves can handle the Phillies. I don't think that... Uh, listen, they'll, they'll be able to handle anybody, but I don't. I, 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 out of the two, I'd rather take the Phillies. Furious Nation. Thank you, brother. $10 super chat. If Andrade ever goes back to WWE, could you see him feuding with Legato due to Zelina and Andrade having history with each other? Sure. Absolutely. But why do they need Andrade when they got Santos, Escobar, and Joseph Taylor with a $5 super job? Vic Joseph sounds like he's playing himself on commentary. Yes, it sounds like he's uh, busting a nut on commentary. Furious Nation with a $10 super job. To be honest, bro, I don't blame anybody if they forgot Impact. for Glory was on tonight during SmackDown. What was Impact thinking airing BFG the same night as SmackDown? Impact just sucks, man. I don't know, bro. I don't know what to tell you, man. Furious. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody's watching Impact, bro. Fuck Impact, okay? Nobody is watching Impact. Nobody is watching Impact. By my uh, on my dashboard, I'm getting the uh, analytics, man. Twelve people, and maybe, maybe, maybe. 20 pay per view buys, maybe. I may have more viewers than Bound for Glory at the end of all this. We'll see. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you. Um, It's going to be a big Saturday. First of all, go check the extra. Seriously, go check the extra if you missed it. Uh, We talk about the commentary change and we talk about uh, some other news and notes as well. Go check that out on the homepage right now from earlier this afternoon. Extreme Rules, I will be live after the show is over. I will be live tweeting, and I will be live after the show. So make sure you guys are following me on social media. You guys know where to find me. I will be live on YouTube after the show is over. Make sure you guys are RSVP'd to the venue. It's going to be a great night. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for all the likes. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the seven new members, man. I want the 10. Maybe we can push it to 10. We got seven. I'm not going to complain. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And, again, outside of uh, everything else, the videos and social media, please check out my sponsor, man. If you're doing any shopping online, use Honey. Join Honey.com slash off the scripts. Download the free, keyword free, web browser. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I need to see those guitar emojis in the chat. The rock on emojis. I need to see those Mustang emojis in the chat, and I need that music on Max. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night for Extreme Rules. Let me in. The White Rabbit revealed an Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. Should be a good one, and I'll see you guys tomorrow on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.